Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You hit the spot. The place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Put your thinking caps on, because the conversation starts now. Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. This is your favorite spot. This right here, this is the place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Today, we have Dr. Lucette Bell, a former veterinarian, one of God's earth angels, but now she has a much larger calling. She wants to help individuals not live an ordinary life, but live an extraordinary life, to move beyond their circumstances, to move beyond the angst of life, to be able to edit, filter, shift, adjust, and thrive. That's a big undertaking, okay? That's more than a puppy lick to the face. <laughs> She's an amazing woman. Exactly. She's an amazing woman, and we're going to talk to her about that. She's had a great experience, but we want to see what's going on in the second chapter of her life. And also, she is a contributor to two anthologies, so we're going to talk to her about that. Let's welcome her to the show today. How are you, Dr. Lucette? I am fantastic. How are you doing today? I can't complain about nothing. We were in the green room. We talked about 10 or 15 minutes about just doing the right thing and loving on people and and loving them right where they are. Tell us right now, right where are you right this minute? Right this minute, I have just closed on selling my practice and I am starting down the journey. I've already built a website. It's almost complete called uh, Dr. Lucette, and it is about how to build an extraordinary life regardless of where you start. And everybody is worthy of that journey. Everybody is worthy of an extraordinary life. And there are steps that you can take to get to choose that. Well, you know, it it starts with the first step. It does. But what happens is there's so many stumbling blocks. There are so many pitfalls. There are so many naysayers. Uh, sometimes we're our own worst enemy. Yeah. Sometimes the biggest naysayer is in your head. Absolutely. So what do you say to that person that's stuck right now? So there's a number of different things you can do. One of the biggest things that I find is starting with appreciation because when we're struggling and we're in a negative spot, if we can just find the littlest things around us that we truly appreciate that feel good in our heart and write them down. And I usually do it in three categories. And um, what do I appreciate today in others? And write what others have done that, that I truly appreciate that feels good. What do I appreciate in life? And it can be it, it can be the same thing for more than one day if it needs to be, but that you truly appreciate that feels good. And what do I appreciate in myself? And that's a really important one because that's the one we leave out a lot of times that keeps us stuck, right? We have a voice in our head that's always criticizing ourselves. And the goal is to learn God doesn't operate that way. He's not the voice in your head criticizing you. So you want to connect with appreciation and love and start realizing that you are worthy of something and that God loves you right where you are. And that comes with appreciating if it's I, I wash my face before I went to bed. I right. took care of myself. I washed my face right. before I went to bed. I brushed my teeth. It can be the smallest thing, especially if you're not in a good space. I got out of bed today. I appreciate myself because I got out of bed today. If that's the space you're in, that's where you start because you can build 
if you, and you create that habit every morning, you create that habit of appreciation because morning's the best time before all the stuff's going on that, that makes those voices get louder and that harder. Well, it's great because me and my mother would say our prayers every night together till the day she died. Now me and my husband say our prayers together. And we say, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. But when we wake up in the morning, we say, we thank you, Lord, for letting us keep our life and for keeping the goodness and your grace and not letting us faint or fall. We ask that you prepare us for the perfect day with gratitude, latitude, and a positive attitude. Yes. These are our rituals. This sets you up for success, brains. Because again, it's about being grateful. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about what you went through to take you to this point of gratitude. So my, my hardest point was a few days after my divorce was final, in which I didn't ask for child support because my the father of my child was very unkind to her. And I realized that if I didn't, that was the biggest reason I left. He wasn't good to me, but I thought it was, I thought I should stay. And then I realized that I was not giving her a choice to not have somebody be mean to her. If I stayed, I didn't ask for child support because I felt like he would hold it over her head. I knew he would. And I felt like I was better. He threatened to go after my business. And I felt like I was better off to keep my business and not ask for child support. And a few days after the divorce was final, I found a lump in my breast and I found out I had breast cancer. I didn't have child support. I was self-employed, so I didn't have any paid sick days either. Um, and I, I, that was a terrifying time, honestly. Um, and I, I mean, sometimes you narrowed it down to what do I have to do in the next few minutes? I have to get up out of bed. What is the next step I have to take? I have to get ready. You know, and some days it was hard to go to work, but I had to go to work uh, and I had to make some crazy decisions at times, like choose a chemotherapy. One of the drugs in my chemotherapy regime in 1% of patients, but that's over 100,000 patients a year in the United States alone, it can cause a fatal leukemia. If you get that leukemia, you're going to die. I was determined to make sure that I made it to 18 for my child because of the situation with her father. Three days before I found the lump in my breast, she asked me if something happened to me, if she would have to live with him. Mm. So, yeah. So I made a choice to choose a chemotherapy regime that wasn't the first line that was that took that drug out because I had a really good chance of living to be 18, for her to be 18, even if it came back with that. But if I got the leukemia, there's no option. So there were some really challenging moments. And that started me down the path of, I mean, I had a strong faith in God for a long time, but it taught me so much more about how to think differently and how to change my thought process in order to function and be the person I needed to be and the person that I wanted to be for my daughter. I wanted her to have the chance to thrive. And there's a, you know, in the airplane, when you're flying, they tell you, you have to put the oxygen mask on you before you help somebody else. Mm-hmm. If you don't accept that for yourself, you don't have that gift to give to anybody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. How did you find the lump in your breast? You know, what's crazy. I had actually, it. I truly believe it was a God thing. 
Um, because I had been to the doctor like 10 days before that had a complete, you know, check by the doctor didn't find anything. And they, they say now that I must've been shaving with a dull razor blade and it made a lymph node in my armpit, you know, swell. And I'm like, mm, that has to be a God thing. Never had that happen before. Never had it since. And because I had that swelling in my armpit, I just was just like really checking over my breasts. I'm like, that's weird. And then I found it. And then once I found it, I couldn't unfind it. And when I went back to that doctor and she palpated my, because she knew I'd just been in, you know, it's the same. She just like turned white, left the room, came back with a list of surgeons and circled the ones she recommended for me for breast cancer surgery. And, and I'm like, then it turned, I did end up having a few cells in my lymph. That was, a, that's a whole nother story, but I had a few cells in the lymph node, but it went back to normal and never was. It wasn't, those cells did not cause that lymph node to be enlarged. I think it was God giving me the opportunity to find it and live to raise my daughter. And because wow. it, you know, that swelling went away it never came back. It, it, it was, and I'm grateful. Oh my gosh, I'm grateful. And there were so many things like that. It, you, know. you know, and women need to check themselves. They need to check themselves. They need to recheck the doctors. They well, do you know what else? They can. My, my cancer did not show up on a regular mammogram. Wow. Even when we knew it was there, it didn't show up on a mammogram. And that can happen sometimes if you have very dense breast tissue. So mm -hmm. then it had to go to an ultrasound. But if you go in for a routine mammogram scheming, they're going to tell you it's clean. That's again why the self-exam is very important. And like I said, I had a thorough exam by the doctor and didn't find it. They believe that tumor was there for close to 10 years. So it was there when I was in the doctor before, but she didn't find it. And I had done it before and not found it. But after I had that enlarged lymph node, I was kind of freaked out and, you know, really checking. And then I found it. And it was actually pretty another good thing, Brains, we didn't share this with, well, we did share this with you at the beginning. She is a physician. For animals, you know. So again, you deal with animals that have lymph nodes and 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 cancer and and this is so this was something that was like, you know, crazy weird to you too. You know, I'm I'm a doctor, I'm in the medical field. Yes, I'm dealing with four-legged people or you know, two two but there's a lot of knowledge that's transferable. There's yeah. a lot of knowledge that's transferable. And so we need to be aware of that, but also look at your options, look at your choices, make conscious decisions. So now you are working with individuals that are in a quandary. They don't really know where they are, what they want to do, uh, how they want to proceed with their life. All of them are not going to have the courage that you have, Dr. Lissette, yeah. as far as to say, you know what? I still got to do what I got to do. Some people are going to fall short of the glory. Some people don't believe in God. You know, they don't, yeah. they don't have a higher source. Where do they begin? You know, um, faith is a huge thing. Yes. It really so you've got women that are struggling, men that are struggling too. We don't want to just say women. People that are struggling, they yeah. don't have any faith. They don't have the way with all. They don't have the courage. They don't have the family support. What do you say to that person, Dr. Lissette? Where do they begin? You know, you can still start with appreciation. You can still start with finding ways to um, be kind to yourself. 
in every little thing that you can do to be kind to yourself. And there are positive books and learning things that aren't necessarily based on faith to get yourself going. Faith is huge. You can, but you can find that faith in different ways. What I was going to say was I had a, a really an unbelievable experience where I was, we were in the thought process of could the world be ending? And as a Christian, I was devastated because I know some really, really good, amazing people. And this happened 33 years ago, um, who would not go to heaven based on the beliefs that I was raised with and that I knew. Um, one was Harold Krushner, who's a rabbi who has written books to bring people to God. And he doesn't try to bring them to his religion, just to God. Um, and just, I knew a person who was raised as an atheist, you know, a really good person who was a Buddhist and I was struggling and I was bawling and I was crying and I, and I was praying and I said, you know what, God, I can't, I can't understand this. How can I love them more than you love them? How can they possibly go to hell and me go to heaven? They're, they're better people than me. And I said, you know what? I want to ransom my soul for their soul. I don't want to go if that's what it is. And there was a voice in the room. And he said, if you love them, it's my love. And I just immediately had complete peace. I went from absolute agony to complete peace. I was just filled with peace. And I understood then something that I've carried with me always. God is with us. He's not as particular about names as we think. He's with us. And if, you know, there's a verse in the Bible, it's John 3, 16 or 4, 16. And it, he says, God is love. He who loves God is in them and, and he is in them. And I've seen that carried out. So sometimes people don't even know they have faith, but you can see that God is in them when they're loving and they're loving other people. God is in them. They may not even know it. So then you tap into helping them feel that connection and understand that when they're appreciating and when they feel love, that's actually God flowing through them because God is love. And you can call him God. You can say, sometimes I do say the universe or source energy, mainly because so many people have such different connotations of God. I call him God. I say, thank you, God. But he's so big and he loves us so much and we don't have to be perfect. All we have to do is love and that is him flowing through us. Right. So and it's, just know that there's a supreme being. Yes. And a creator. Yes. yes. You no. Know? And people get it confused. Religion and spirituality. Yes. They're two totally different things, but they are harmonious. They work together for the good. Yes. yes. If you are able to offset your pain, your agony, your stress, your tears, your fears, and put that aside, be it in a suitcase, be it in an envelope inside your journal. Right. And you're able to free your heart. Mm -hmm. That's all that you'll ever need to do. Right. None of us yeah, right. none of us are going to be perfect. We are mm -hmm. all flawed. We are here on this, on this planet, I believe, for two lessons. One, to teach. The other one is to learn. That's it. You know, when, well, you and when we live in that space, we get to live with so much joy when we want to learn. And from that learning, we get to teach. That's the most beautiful space we could ever occupy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're an amazing woman. Um, you know, I hear, and maybe you can shed a light on this, that in your former field 
a veterinarian, that there is a lot of depression and there are a lot of veterinarians that commit suicide. There are. I, you know what? And I never would have thought that in a gazillion years. I would have thought, as many other people think, is that you are God's perfect angel. You are able to heal a goat, a pig, a rabbit, you know, a, a dog. And, and they don't speak our same language. They speak a love language. And I'm sure you're like Dr. Doolittle. You can communicate with them. But I would think that because they were able to heal them, there would be so much joy. Why do you think that that veterinarians have such a hard time and that there's such a, a rampant case of, of, of suicide? Um, it's complex, but it's actually been in our field for a really long time. 2020, hmm. and the pandemic hasn't helped it any. And we are the the veterinary community is is in a in a difficult spot right now because there are more veterinarians leaving the industry than there are coming in. So the new graduates are not outpacing the there less new graduates than there are retire not just retirees but people just people who haven't been in the field that long. Um, there's a lot of things that the that the younger veterinarians are dealing with now, including um, much, much more corporate medicine, which is high volume. They have a harder time, you know, having the connections with the clients like we did, you know, when I was younger and, and spending the time with the clients as well as the pets, being able to be as thorough. Um, there's and a also lot of they're debt. saying that they say it's a lot of debt. There's a lot, a lot of debt and the pay doesn't match the debt. Right. So. Because so, people, will, you know, they will put their animal down instead of giving them cancer treatment. I have, uh, you know, it's not even what people will pay. It's what the vet gets paid versus what the industry is making, what the corporate uh, is making. You know, that's, you know, in human medicine, there's a bit of a crisis too, because the doctors are making less and the corporate is making more, but the doctors are the ones that pay for their education, you know, and have to pay it back. Uh, and they make more than veterinarians do, but the but they're still, their industry also is, is tough. Um, the veterinarians is, is usually alternating between number one and number two, as far as um, suicide rate. And it does include uh, support staff. The technicians as well have a high rate. Wow. There's a lot of pressure um, because they care a lot about the animals. Um, and when you can't save them or there's difficult situations and just the, the 12 hour days, the, the barely eating lunch and then working and you try in a smaller setting to make that better, but there's still long, stressful days. There's still, you still have to see a high volume in order to pay the bills and try to pay people what they're worth. And, um, it's so it affects your personal life, you know? Well, love on your veterinarian, uh, brains, you know, cause the doctor, I mean, the animal, I'm telling you, my dog loved the vet more than you loved me don't come in there with that peanut butter stick oh my goodness <laughs> just lay over for the belly rub you know I couldn't get you in the car but when I got you there you were happy well again thank you so much for the work that you do uh and you've done and the practice that um of, of keeping our animals safe and also keeping yourself sane tell us about the anthologies and your writings and your contributions to those books 
So I was really blessed to get to write a chapter, uh, two chapters um, in two different books. The last book is called Leading with Legacy. And it was actually a book that the I was in, I'm in, um, it's called the Inspired Impact Series. And I was in the first book in the series. And in that chapter, I, I, it's, I wrote about going through the cancer as a single parent. And from that, that was the first book in the series. And 380 authors later, they voted on the top 20 authors, the, the authors voted. And, um, and so I was invited to be in the second book because the uh, other authors felt that my story was so inspirational. So that's how I got to write the second, the second chapter. The second chapter is actually about the time period in my life where, um, I really came back after taking care of my brother, I almost went bankrupt. And the story of how I got back, got my business back, built my business back, and then took care of my parents who both died in 2020 during the pandemic while running a business as an essential business um, and taking care of the estate and my brother and, you know, and he's his trust. So that's the second chapter. And that chapter is more about all the things that I learned that led me to where I am today. Because when I got to there, I said, I'm not going down the path that I've been down. I, I, I've all the tools to do this, this hard challenge easier and trust in God and ask him for the answers and know they're coming and see the signs. And by see the signs, see, you know, Cardinal comes right at the right time. And I know that God and my mom are with me and it's helpful when you have a challenging moment and you recognize, wow, thanks. I really, I really appreciate that. You know, um, it is, and it's, and it's about appreciation. So you're in a different headspace now, you know, yes. you are, you know, you're making this life transition. You are now teaching individuals how to live an extraordinary life. Tell me who is your ideal client and what are you going to pour into that individual? You know, my ideal client is really someone who is aware that they, that there is an opportunity to, you know, maybe they're not in the space, they're not in the space they want to be, but they're aware that they, that they could be, that there is an opportunity. And if not, then you hope that what you put out there helps them realize, oh, wow, I could, I could live because what I really want for others is the opportunity to live an extraordinary life um, because we all can. It's a matter of learning the steps that free us from the things that trap us, the, the negative thoughts, the I'm not worthy. I mean, I literally stood in the kitchen at one point and said to God, why am I worthy? And it was really clear that when each of us steps into our worthiness, we give the opportunity to others. And, and that's, you know, that's everything is you want everyone around you to thrive. And it starts with you. It starts with you believing in you. So if your mom, if you believe in you, that helps you pour that belief into your kids so they get to live a better life. Um, and there's so many times we talk about grief. We grieve for people who are alive because we want a relationship to be a certain way. And we can't you know, we want people that we think other people need to act a certain way, or they want us to act a certain way. And there are so many ways that we can learn to connect with God and have that peace and learn to have our connection be here, source, universe, 
however you want to call it, but a connection that allows you to not need others to act a certain way for you to be okay. Right. We're, we get trapped in, the, in our relationships, even in the ones that, you know, like your children or your aunt or your mom or, you know, your coworkers. It's so easy to get in a situation where we're frustrated with them and we're letting that take us out of that really great space that we could be in that allows us to live a better life. Exactly. And you know what? There is so much in life to live for. And I am sure glad that you are the template. Uh, you have a beautiful glow, your heart, you know, your connection with God is very powerful. The fact that you, you know, are willing to leave one career and not just enjoy life like you could, you could travel around the world, but you want to pour into others and you want to elevate them to the next level. And that selfless, selfless giving. And I really appreciate that. And I respect that. Please tell my brains how to get in contact with you, how to purchase a copy of one of your anthologies and how to work with you. If you have any offerings, share that as well. I do. So you can find me at drlucette.net. I have a freemium on there, which is a little, uh, it's a little downloadable program and PDF to get you started and it's free. And then we will soon be launching on that same drlucette.net will come a new website. You can also find me on Dr. Lucette Bell, B-E-A-L-L on Facebook and follow me because then you'll be able to see all the new stuff that's coming. We are launching a YouTube channel and we'll be, we've already created and are creating more YouTube videos. We'll be launching three to five YouTube videos a week and there will be a program on the website when it launches as well. well I want you to go in and get your pulse checked. <laughs> okay. I want you to gauge your temperature. You know? <laughs> I want you to take care of yourself, lower your blood pressure, all of these things. It's going to make you live a much more fulfilled life. Go in, love, like, share, and subscribe, please, to On the Edge with April Mahoney. The podcast is on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Apple, iHeart. I could sing them to you. I'm going to bring you the best and the brightest like that right there. Uh, go in and check out Dr. Lucette's information. Purchase a copy of the book, and um, we're going to check in with you in about six, seven months, see where you are, and recheck your pulse, okay? That sounds perfect. All right. Love you, brains. Love you too, brains. <laughs>